Hello everyone and welcome to See Through Panel. This is a comic book review and discussion podcast. My name is Fahed Rahman and today we are joined by uh, Stephen Ingram. Stephen is a comic artist from Scotland. He has created the graphic novels Left and Holly and most recently published a one-shot horror comic called Old Man Grey. He also runs he also runs the indie comics publisher and distro Third Bear Press. Third Bear brings in English language indie comics from around the world to make them available in the UK and is currently open open for submissions from the UK based uh, creators for boxes a new comics magazine um how are you doing Stephen yeah I'm doing okay I'm excited to be on yeah thank you for um taking time out of your day to join us and the comic that we are going to be discussing is the consultant it's by uh, Azam Rahajo and I'll just read out the really brief um summary that they've got on the he's got on his website a man discovers a horrifying secret during some small talk reminiscing with a co-worker and this was originally made available as part as the short box comics fair in 2022 so when i invite guests on i ask them to select from um, another number of comics to discuss and this one was your choice so um, like the first question is uh, what drew you to this particular comic uh, well i suppose like when i was i hadn't read any of the comics that you'd like yeah. pinch pitched to me before so i did a wee bit of research about all of them and this one appealed to me the most because i really like that sort of short horror story that this one seemed to be this one seemed to have like that kind of vibe to it and yeah. also i really like the artwork that kind of black and white sort of manga like artwork i suppose you would say it could be described yeah. as and it's got that sort of junji ito horror vibe which i really like so that was definitely made me say i want to read that i want to talk a little bit about the creator so the creator is uh, azam rahajo he's a comics artist and illustrator based in yogyakarta indonesia and it was really interesting reading this comic with that information in in the background because when i originally looked at it i thought oh this is like a manga comic as as you mentioned mm. it's got very manga influenced art style and i think also the vibe is a very weird thing to say but it had a very kind of like horror manga vibe yeah i get that it's like that yeah when i was saying it was very seemed quite influenced by like junji ito and also also like the art style reminded me a bit of naoki urasawa who's not really i suppose known for horror comics but it's that sort of the design the characters made me think of his uh, style a bit, a bit as well and yeah i quite like i really like that art style and how it um gives the characters quite a lot of expression i think i find than than what you might think is the more generic manga yeah, style I mean, it's, it gives them yeah you get a lot more expression out of the characters and that kind of art that, style that for me the the weird thing it kind of sort of reminded me of was i don't know if you've seen the anime pat label uh, okay no, so I haven't, but uh weird, interestingly someone mentioned that to me just a few days yeah, ago so <laughs> It's a it's an anime which is about police that ride in giant mechas, but it's very much as much as something as that can be based in like a, a reality of what actually these mechas would be probably be used to do industrial jobs like lifting things into buildings and, and that sort of stuff. But the the way that the the way that Azam has designed his characters' faces reminded me a lot of that because the, the character faces in Pat Labour are really kind of like expressive and. Um, um, I wouldn't necessarily say realistically drawn, but kind of more on the realistic mm. side of of things. One of the kind of interesting things I found about the comic was at the start, it kind of gave you instructions on how best to read it. Is that something that you've come across before? Yeah, it's not something I'd come across before. It was something that I'd noticed about yeah. 
this and thought um, that's a really interesting way of, I suppose, because it came out, it was like originally available through like the short box yeah. comic fair, which was an all yeah. digital affair. And it's quite clear that this comic has been designed to be read as a PDF on your computer or on, or on your iPad. And there's a, a bunch of things that I noticed when I was reading it. It was like, oh, that works really well because it's on a computer screen. And there was a bit, it's where he's the, like, the main character is watching the video was sent by one of his colleagues and interspersed between like each page it's like one page is like a regular comic page and then the next is like a black page with like a very indistinct picture of the the consultant's face and when you're skipping between the pages i noticed that the image of the consultant's face sort of lingers in your vision as you're reading on the next page and i thought that's a really cool effect that there's surely they've designed that to be in it because it's primarily people are going to read it's a pdf and you wouldn't get that in a print version and it just it just really sort of blew my mind a little bit and reading it like that i'm just like wow that's they've really thought about this this is yeah i mean it was really it was very very clever uh many Mm -hmm. many years ago so i originally so i've written a comic and it was originally designed to be a digital comic with kind of light animation effect so say if we've got like a you know we had a scene set in the hotel and then you know one of the ideas was the um city outside the the hotel bedroom would be kind of like animated with like little not necessarily gifts but kind of like lights flashing to kind of indicate that their um their cars moving and when you think about comics that have been designed specifically to be read digitally a lot of it is focused on oh, what you can what can you do with like little bits of like animation or sound design but doing something yeah, like yeah. this is actually really, really clever. It's kind of not something that mm. I'd um I'd considered doing before. Just actually, okay, just leaving a space for your mind to kind of like create really rather creepy image, just kind of as a as an after effect of having that faint outline of the of the face of the of the consultant. Yeah, yeah, I, I re- yeah, that was something that I really really enjoyed about reading this comic it was yeah it's something that really made me i suppose it's like thinking back to i suppose like the early days of web comics as well it was like people doing exploring a, a new space to do comic work like this and back in like the early days of, yeah. of web comics people like experimenting with like infinite canvas of reading pages just like as one giant sheet and you're just moving around the page like that this kind of speaks to me as the same kind of experimentation that is really impressive uh it's not just doing like a but it's still working in a in a way that if like do, you were to do a print version of it you could maybe do something to maybe try and replicate it yeah, i don't know I, how it would work maybe have it on maybe have like the consultant's face on a bit of tracing paper and on between each page maybe something or, like that but yeah i mean it's kind of yeah. like I, I don't want this to sound like it's a gimmick thing because it's not it kind of it just mm-hmm. it perfectly helps tell the story that he's trying to tell i think and a lot of times people I have guests coming come on my um podcasting they talk about and you ask them the question why comics and often we, we talk about the form i don't think that this story could be told as well in any other format as well as it's done as except as a digital comic if that makes sense yeah, yeah no, I, think I it's agree. kind of like yeah. perfectly yeah, suited to this so we haven't actually talked much about the, the the comic comics plot itself i don't want to get too much into spoiler territory because it's kind yeah, of obviously sure. it's a horror comic I mean, part of the fun is like discovering what horrible things happen to um the characters we there's kind of two main characters ferdy who is this kind of i wouldn't say schlubby but he's this portly guy that works for a company 
company or i don't think we're ever actually told what the company does apart from various uh, yeah i think they're i think they're like a, a sort of generic company but they've just moved into restaurants but this is the first restaurant yeah. they've done yeah I think that's... Right? and everything and but anything else they've done is just left our imagination as yeah. far as i i could get and kind of like the key core of the book is uh around conversation that 30 has with his co-worker surayo he just kind of off the cuff um asks him i oh, use that fella in the um the background of all these company photos and never see him around the office and that just kicks off a chain of events i, I really like the way that uh, azam has described the comic uh in his uh, blurb a man discovers a horrifying secret during small talks um during some small talks probably how a lot of horrifying secrets are discovered i, I, I <laughs> yeah. think um yeah just like a passing mention of something yeah. and then it's like hang on i thought about that and that's yeah. weird um but yeah. w- one of the things i really liked about the, the comic was the way they he really establishes like the characters really quickly kind of within like two or three pages we actually understand who these people are what their relationship is to each other and kind of what the likely relationship is going to be to the other characters in the comic how do you how do you feel did you do you think that's um correct or did you feel like you needed a little bit more time to kind of get to know who, who each of these characters were uh, no i, I I'd agree with that. Um, I think, um, yeah, when, when you look at uh, Ferdy, it's, it's, I suppose it's like a really well-designed character where you can just take in, I suppose, a bunch of cliches about that kind of character that he is, which is like maybe sort of middle-aged guy who's worked for a company for a long time and is quite settled in his little role in the company. And yes, yeah, so that you, you kind of get his character quite quite quickly from that. Just the sort of, because he's, like you said, sort of schlubby, I guess you could describe his design as. It gives him a more like he's settled in his role and is filled out in it, I yeah. guess you could say. And with the the other guy is Suryu. Yeah, he's got a bit more sort of the kind of young dynamic up and comer about him and you can tell that straight away. Particularly I suppose that he's wanting to you'd say because he's wanting to like ask this more experienced member of the team who that person is in the photograph and it's almost you could imagine that he's trying asking because he wants to know who it is so that he can make more connections to move up in the company you could maybe say like that would be something to read into like the whole yeah. conversation that they have exactly and so it's so it, yeah it's you can learn a lot about those two characters just from those three or four pages of, of them talking at the beginning and then the story moves on yeah from there. yeah i think it's quite good that azan gave kind of instructions on how to read the comics say that the instructions are the best way to read this is kind of like one page at a time and i think that's i think that's probably helped him kind of lay out panels as well i think it's sometimes when you're working on like um a two-page spread certainly when i'm i'm writing it sometimes you're quiet and thinking about what how much how much information can i put on this page that won't necessarily spill over into the other page or do i want two page splashing that sort of thing so i think mm. him having made the decision all right i'm just going to be displaying this information on one page this is how much space that i've got to work with and i think that's really helped with some of his storytelling decisions in terms of the the panels that he uses and especially some of the angles that he uses as well i mean i'm just looking at one of the first pages where he's taking this kind of like fish is it fish-eyed is that the right word where it's kind of like looking you're looking out from like photos point of view at yes. um as, yeah. uh ferdy and surio and kind of like the other their point and i I, re- I think that's maybe one of my favorite panels in in, in the comic yeah no i yeah i'm looking at it now as well and i can see what you mean it's almost like we're looking out of the picture from the consultant's yeah. point of view in the picture so like he's looking out at them as well as them looking at yeah. him what, what did you think about the dialogue because i was going 
reading on uh, I went to uh, Azam's website and one of the things it said it was available in like four different languages so I think um, I don't know if he translated it himself but I think um, if he did he's done like an amazing job because like the dialogue is superb it doesn't sometimes when you get translated stuff interpreting what kind of different phrases means stuff like that may can make it sound uh, like a little bit wooden this kind of like the dialogue in this kind of just flowed beautifully it wouldn't be out of place in like an American movie yeah yeah no I I, yeah I never noticed anything um like untoward about the dialogue I I didn't I I didn't realize it was it was available in the other languages and it might have been a translation it just seemed like it would naturally be read in English so I wasn't like eh, I never thought that seems a bit stilted or anything yeah it just felt pretty natural to me just one last thing I wanted to talk about so the comic is mostly in black and white but then he does occasionally use red in certain sections um how did you feel about that his decision to kind of do that um yeah i think it's it's quite a an effective tool to use particularly obviously it's it's red so spoiler alert it's some blood yeah. i guess and it's quite effective in that if it was just kept in black and white i think it would like blood would be it would probably be black and so it would probably get lost in some of the yeah. artwork so using like having the the option to use a bit of of red which i suppose can be a decision particularly if you're going to be printing it but that's not been the case with this one because i think it's primarily for a digital comic um then using the the red is an effective decision and also unlike because we talked about before about having the bits where there's like the the sort of image of the consultant's face that you that you're getting the sort of image of when you're flicking through the pages that's also in red as well like the and so have tying the consultant's image to the red blood is also a good way of tying those kind of things together the kind of horror elements of like this sort of supernatural consultant and the real world blood and they're tied together by this color which i thought was quite yeah, good i think there's um, a lot of kind of really good um creative decisions made there is there anything about the comic that we haven't discussed that you wanted to kind of like talk about i suppose like i had made a yeah. few notes and things but if we're not going to be going into any spoiler territory then they're all they're all i probably can't really talk about them a lot i suppose one of the are you happy talking about like yeah general, general themes, themes i think is is yeah, fine I, um, in terms of spoilers uh, i'd mean like which characters survive sort of thing i think is yeah. kind of like yeah. areas that i would want to stay away from but in terms of like general themes um that, yeah that's absolutely fine yeah because one of the th- sort of themes that i well i think i noticed through it was it's like the the sort of food cycle and the nutrient cycle that um you we humans might assume we're top of the food chain and there's lots of images through the comic of like worms and maggots and those creatures that we would would, would associate with like picking over dead bodies to get like the nutrients out of them and then they're returned to the soil and then the soil is used to grow our food and then we eat the food and then it becomes a more cycle and with like the consultant and thing that sort of entity represents it suggests that maybe we're not top of the food chain but something else is top of the food chain and the say like the the order of the food chain is maybe moved one step further along from what i got out of yeah. the comic yeah that they're that the consultants entities are yeah they're one step ahead yeah. of us in the food chain and I- which i thought was quite yeah it's quite a cool idea that for to base a horror on uh, it's like 
questioning humans order well place in the order of things yeah i think that i think that is that's right the the other thing that i kind of quite liked about the comic is that it left a lot of questions unanswered we never really get an idea of what the consultant is what the consultant actually Mm -hmm. wants price the company's paying to the consultant or indeed why you know the characters that do die die there's no well that you know those characters obviously did something wrong we never get oh Mm. there was a misstep somewhere it's kind of like yeah yeah. so that's the the other thing that i also quite enjoyed and i think the the other thing that i um the other kind of theme kind of something that you sort of raised when you were describing 30 is like you know this person is kind of quite set in their ways and people who quite set in their ways don't really often question why certain things are the way Mm. that they are and until kind of like something happens to awaken them. Yeah, yeah. You kind of wonder whether he might have noticed some things in the past, but then just kind of went, ah, that's yeah. just how it is. And then continued on until something happened to someone that he um, wouldn't have thought about, cares about, but is like, is someone he's worked yes. closely with, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. you get the idea it's a fairly large yeah. company that they work yeah. for. Yeah. I think that's probably a question that neither of us going to be able to answer is kind of like what the work, because I'm assuming this comic is sent in Indonesia, because that's where uh, Azam is from. It's kind of like what the work culture is like in Indonesia. Is it closer to Western world culture or is it closer to kind of like Japanese world? Because when I originally read this, I just thought, okay, this is like a, a Japanese manga horror comic until I'd read like Azam's bio. So, okay, obviously it's probably set in Indonesia and maybe there's like some cultural things that we're um, missing out on. Yeah, yeah, we might not get some of the things in it. But um, I suppose looking at a lot of the character designs, yeah, you'd probably say Indonesia would be like Singapore, yeah. that sort of area. You would suggest that some of the characters are yeah. from that area. Yeah, certainly. I really enjoyed this. I'd highly recommend it. I'm not too sure if it's still available on Shortbox, but yeah, I'd I'd highly recommend you, uh, everyone who's interested in horror comics check this out especially if you're a fan as you mentioned of like Junji Ito and kind of movies of Japanese movie uh, horror movies like The Ring and stuff like that where there's this kind of like creeping sense of something's gone horribly wrong but we don't quite know what it is this isn't a comic full of like jump scares and stuff like that it's very much more about the mood and the vibe uh, of the story yeah you can have like a creeping sense of unease while you're reading it uh, which is a fun feeling to have i guess Um, and would you recommend this one um as well um totally yes i think it's great i was really pleased um that i got to read it yeah (laughs) yeah it's really good i was looking i was looking about whether whether it was how it was going to be available after the the short box event because um and i think i read that it's going to be on Asam's yeah. website if it's not already so you could probably get yeah. it through there definitely definitely check it out um if i find a link on how to buy it i'll, I'll definitely put it in the podcast description so um Stephen, let's uh, talk a little bit about you. I like to ask a few kind of like standard, like generic questions when I have a uh, a guest on, and kind of like one of the first ones I, I typically ask is, "Why comics?" Uh, yeah, why, why comics? comics? It's yeah, a it's a question. big question. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big question. I'd say I I make comics because, well, this was like way back. I I really enjoyed drawing, and then I sort of got into comics through like gag strips and things and then gradually started making more longer form serious kind of work that i i do now and why comics i i think maybe i preferred like um from a writing point of view and if i prefer like writing dialogue than big descriptions of things because i suppose a lot of the you would maybe say why would you draw a panel with like a a bunch of people in it when you could just write there was a group of people and continue on with your not with your novel 
but I like the drawing part of it. <laughs> the drawing part of it's like the thing that like I really enjoy about comics as well as I enjoy writing, but it's more the drawing part that I enjoy better. And I like telling stories. So that kind of marries together. I enjoy the drawing, enjoy the telling stories. So comics is the best way to yeah, do it for um, me. I think that's quite a, a common answer is like people being drawn to the art and then kind of like finding that's the best way that they can express themselves. And growing up, what sort of comics did you read? Was it kind of um, Marvel, DC, or was it kind of like Beano? Kind of what what was your kind of that first memories around yeah. around that? Yeah, I'll, uh, I we get like the Beano um, and occasionally the dandy, but I was definitely more a Beano kid than a dandy kid. And I also would read, sometimes get like the real Ghostbusters magazine, which had some fun comics in it. I suppose like the comics that maybe had like more of an influence on me at the time was like the newspaper gag strips, like uh, Garfield and especially Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And so that's what kind of like got me into comics. I know it was never really read Marvel or DC or the kind of superhero comics that were available at the time. So yeah, it was gag strips that really got me into comics. And then I kind of discovered longer form story comics later on in life. Like the kind of comics that really turned me on to wanting to do kind of longer form stuff was I found a copy of uh, The Iron Wagon by the Norwegian artist Jason. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Jason. I'm not too sure if I've read The, yeah. the Iron Iron Wagon or not though yeah i think you you can i don't think you can get it as like a standalone oh, okay. book anymore but it's in it's in his collection what i did and it's really good it's like that's a, a book that i read and thought i could do that i sh this is what i should be doing rather than um gag strips that aren't that yeah. funny so yeah it was like that made me think yeah that's what i want to do and then worked out my own storytelling style and techniques and built from there to what I do now. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting you mentioned, like, you, you mentioned Jason because, yeah, he does do a lot of long-form storytelling, but the way he lays out his comics is it also really works very well for, like, gag. Sometimes he'll just do, like, a page where it is just, it's a gag comic within, like, his longer-form longer form work. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That's kind of you know his books is the the thing that kind of kicked off in your head. That all right, I can, I can take the short stuff that I'm doing and kind of maybe turn it into kind of longer form stuff. Yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Because like that at that point, I think I was wanting to try things that would elicit more of a emotional response than a just a than a laughing response. So his work really spoke to me at that time. I mean, well, you meant you did mention kind yeah. of like Calvin and. And Hobbes is one of your um, inspirations, and some of those yeah. weren't necessarily laugh out loud. They're they're more, oh, more yeah, philosophical, totally. kind of yeah. like, okay, that, that that sort of yeah, thing. But some yeah, of them quite yeah hard. Jason does have um because fr from what I gather, you, you do write like a lot of horror inspired stuff in there. I wouldn't say necessarily Jason stuff horror inspired, but there's there is like that sense of unease about the world in which it's a weird world. It's quite a side of the fact yeah, that it's like yeah. anthropomorphic um, animals. It's kind of like there's something odd about the world in which he sets his stories. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of like also the the way that he draws his characters. They've all got like pretty standard expressions yeah. on their faces. But because from from context, you can still realize the emotions that those characters are going through, even though they've just got a fairly blank stare on their face. You're thinking they've got stuff going on in their head. And I, I quite like that from him. It's being able to look at his artwork and infer what he's thinking with the characters. Yeah. It's kind of that, that you know, yeah. the the act of interpreting kind of, oh, what's, what's happened here and... Mm -hmm. 
Oh, is uh, yeah, yeah. I completely get one of the things. One of the other questions I want to kind of get out of the way quite early. You've you've started third bear press, so like one of the obvious yeah. questions is like, why have you named it that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a good question. Um, third bear is well, the third bear is a character that used to appear very occasionally in some old comics that I did, and I quite like the character's design. And I always, I've always kind of like used that as like a little name some places online. And yeah, I quite like the name um, and I like the the look of the character and he looks quite nice as a logo. So I thought, yeah, it's something that arcs back to my early creative comics and also brings it up to date to what I do now, I think. So that was like a good idea for me personally to name my wee publisher slash distro after something that I used to do ages ago. And why start a publishing house that's publishing house slash uh distro it seems like an awful lot of hard work um and <laughs> kind of like yeah i just love that why why like why yeah yeah why yeah. why would you do this why yeah um also yeah. a good question um the as well as with like the distro side of it what i've been doing is bringing in indie comics from around the world i suppose primarily from like the states at the moment to make them available over here because there's like a lot of work done by either individual artists or small publishers that you simply just can't really get over here there's maybe like one or two shops that might bring some in but only in like a few clive copies or something and then they're gone and they never come back in and so you our option over here was either to just go to those artists and publishers in the states and try and buy a single copy or and pay tons of shipping particularly as it is just now or my thoughts were if I can get like say ten copies at wholesale price, and the shipping's not that much more expensive than just buying one, then I can sell them over here, and people over here will be able to get them for a lot cheaper as well. And there's good comics over there that I think should be available over here. So that was my thought process of doing it, and got a little bit of time at the moment. So if I go, why not? I should do this right now, and set up a wee shop for it and it's been going all right so far i've also taken them to a few like in-person shows as well i didn't have any thought bubble but i had some edinburgh comic art festival last month and it's quite yeah it's also got quite a good response from people going oh this is it's exciting that we can get this work over here now and that's was that was my thought process through it and it's something that yeah, I would I would want if I wasn't doing it myself, I would be wanting someone okay. else to do it. So yeah. yeah. How long did it kind of like take from like the initial idea for you to kind of set up Third Bear Press to kind of like it getting off the ground and having the shop front and stuff like that? Was this something that happened quite quickly or was this an idea percolating in the back of your head for some time? Yeah, uh, I mean I've had the I've had the sort of idea for a little while. But then I sort of bit the bullet and started putting stuff in place for it in the summer and then launched it beginning of September, I think it was. So it was just a getting stuff started and getting it like the shop open and books online wasn't actually that far away. But from thinking about it, I suppose it was for a while, from a while back. So yeah. But once I'd actually made the, the mind up to do it, it was fairly quick okay. to set up. And I also kind of like wanted to ask you about, obviously you're, you're disputing comics, you're, you're um, publishing comics. I, I assume you get kind of, getting submissions um is that is that mm-hmm. the case at the moment you're kind of like getting submissions from like american public okay, yeah cool. uh, uh well it's not from like well the, the submissions i've got open at the moment wanting through third bear i wanted to do some publishing of yeah. other people's work as well uh, but primarily uk-based artists so what i'm planning to do is start uh 
a new comic magazine. What's calling calling it boxes, and um, it's currently open for submissions at the moment. I'm not sure when this podcast will go out, but submissions are open until the 31st of December, 2022. Okay. So there's a, a few okay. weeks left as of as recording. recording. <laughs> and yeah, the idea behind it is to have a sort of anthology, but it's really more a magazine, you would say, with like some articles about comic and also lots of short stories from artists that I'm looking for submissions for. So like ones that are like one to eight pages long for a per each artist submission has that kind of like getting getting submissions in and and stuff like that is has that given you any insight and in maybe why other publishers publish the comics that they do and have how do you feel about saying no to your kind of like your fellow creative art you know co- comic book artists that there's like you know it's, it's not the right thing or that sort of stuff mm-hmm. how's 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 that kind of like changed the way that you've kind of looked at the stuff that you're creating a, as well yeah i suppose like the when it comes to like rejecting submissions and things, I suppose I've got reasonable idea of what I want the magazine to be like. But I suppose like the it might be it might be either dictated a little bit by the submissions that I get. But at some during this like process of deciding which ones I want to have in the magazine and which ones to I don't want to have in the magazine, it'll be like an, an interesting editorial process for me to go through saying, right, these comics these comics fit together quite nicely into excuse me, a cohesive whole for this issue of the magazine. Yeah, it'll be an interesting creative process. But I think for like saying no to like someone who sent in a submission, I mean, I've obviously like sent stuff into people before and been knocked back. And yeah, it can be it's horrible. It can be hard. Yeah, it yeah, can be yeah. hard. Uh, particularly if it's someone you that you felt was particularly good yourself. Yeah, I know how that felt in the past, and I think it's gonna it'll be like being able to let people down gently and say but that it's not a fit for this but it would be either might be a fit for something in the future or a season i I will always try and i think say either why it's being rejected or that like this isn't the end of the road i'd still like to hear stuff from you in the future that kind of thing yeah so yeah yeah i would would always i think i would always want to give some feedback um, Um, because i've been on the other side in terms of the comics that you are selecting for distribution what is the was the process for that? Is that just you going on online and doing research in terms of what, what that looks, this guy looks like an amazing creator. His, you know, their books should be available in the UK mm-hmm. or you know, how, how does that, how does that process um, work? Yeah. I've been for like looking for books for the distro. I've been like when I first was starring it, there was some, some books that I'd come across in the past. That I thought I'd really like to get something from those publishers like, uh, Kilgore and yeah, there's Silver Sprocket as well. I, those 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 are two that I'd come across in the past. I thought I'm I'm going to get stuff from them. But some of the other ones that I found was through you know like there was the SPX uh, exhibition earlier this year. Yeah, part of it was like I kind of went through the exhibitor list from that and just had a look through. I thought, oh, that looks interesting. I'll get in touch with them. And there's been some that you know i've sent you an email off i never had anything back but some they came back to me and then we had a wee chat and then i got some ordered some books from them and got them sent over and we kind of worked something out a deal to get things over so it's a, an interesting process and also like some people was ones that people have recommended stuff to me and said oh you should look into this one either they'd like i think one of my friends had been over at TCA, uh, the Toronto Comic Art Festival, and he gave me yeah. a list of books, a list of creators that I should get in contact with 
because he'd seen their stuff and it's really good. You should have a look at this. And it's not really available in the UK, so get on it. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll have a look. And there's been a few of them I've been in touch yeah. with as well and got some of their books yeah. over. So it's, it's, but if like there's anyone listening who's got like an interesting book from outside the UK that's not really available here, give me a shout and I'll see what we can do. Oddly enough, we've got, we do have you know, mm-hmm. a lot of our uh, listeners are in the United States. I think that's partly because Cole's based there, but we do have right. a fair few listeners in Russia. <laughs> as well so you might be getting some english language um uh, interesting uh, comics uh from people based in russia hopefully maybe yeah so i wanted to uh talk a little bit uh, um kind of about you and kind of your uh creative process um so you've decided to create a comic book where how does that start do you start with a fully written out script um, or do you start with like a basic idea, then do like thumbnail sketches, and then script it in afterwards? How does that? Yeah, how does that like process a, work? Start off with like the kind of basic idea, and I would if I've got like a full script, a sort of full idea story idea in my mind, I'll um, write out a basic synopsis for it, and then I would um, then sort of have a look at it and decide on what sort of what i want the characters to be like i do have like a a sketchbook with characters that are just drawn in the book and then sort of left in there and so if i'm struggling for what i want a character to look like i'll often have a look back through that and then decide that oh that one looks like the right kind of fit for this one or i'll decide that that or if i could change this bit about that particular character i've drawn in there and then that would fit in there but there in terms of like writing the comics i'm often i've always you know, i've always got like a an end point in mind but i often feel like i kind of go with the flow from the beginning and then feel my way towards the end particularly if it's something that's like in chapters uh when i was doing the comic left i always had like the the idea like the last issue in mind that i knew that was where it was going but like from the start point to the end point it kind of it was released over nine issues and uh, yeah there was lots of deviations and different paths taken through that book that if I, if I if i was just doing it as i suppose one one volume that i was releasing like by itself without doing any issues i probably would have had a more straight line from the beginning to the end rather than a more meandering story that that one took um and when i was doing holly which is my graphic novel after left that was a much more kind of freewheeling writing process because i'd drawn like a picture of the main character holly before i knew she was a main character and she was just kind of like standing on a cliff throwing rocks at the water and um kind of i'd really like the kind of vibe of that picture it's kind of like um you look at the picture and it's just like you kind of get a good sense of that character straight away Kind of like how we we got a good sense of the characters and the consultant from a really like quick couple of pages. Yeah. From this like one image that I'd drawn of Holly, I knew who she was and I wanted to tell her story. <laughs> so the kind of writing process for that started when I'd got this picture of her and said, right, what's she going to do? And I just started writing a script that followed her around to see what she was doing and what she would do. And that script formed like the basis of the first chapter of the book and it was just a, a really a good writing exercise to get to know the character really well and then it was a that was a building block that i built the whole book on because then it was 
you discover their motivations through that initial writing exercise. And then through those motivations, you had what she wanted to do in the book and what story she wanted to take and how that would work. Um, so yeah, that was a, so I've, I've, when I'm looking at writing how I write, I've used different techniques, I suppose, for everything that I've done so far. I don't really have like a set uh, rules like this is how oh, okay. I do it. Um, okay. I mean, that that is fascinating mm. because a lot of people do have like a set routine kind of like, right, this is this is when I'm going to write, this is how I'm going to write, this is um, how I'm going to draw. So it's like for you, it's yeah. kind of, it changes maybe yeah, from like yeah. project I think it, it changes to well, project a little bit. With like the difference between like, say, my book Holly and like Old Man Grey, which is the latest comic, is that Holly is more like a a character piece, as in like it's descri- it's a book that's totally focused on this one character and their story and like her like emotional story through this through her making the decisions about her future whereas like old man gray uh that had a much more because it's a a short 24 page horror story it's got a bit more of a structure to it and so there was i was thinking much more about telling a story in a tight in a tight way like one of my one of my friends who read it said there was like Oh, there's no yeah. fat on that story. Yeah, which is yeah, which is oh, a nice thing a lovely to hear. Comment to hear. Uh, but yeah, it's also yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, suppose yeah. like I'd worried it felt a bit slight, but it's actually told in a concise way. Um, whereas Holly, I suppose, isn't told told in a concise yeah. way. It's a much more meandering kind of tale. But um, but that works for that story, I think. So yeah. In terms of um, drawing, what is your process? Do you work uh, with paper, digital? Um, analog tools digital tools do you have a home studio do you work at home do you work in a, a studio kind of when you actually sit sit down to draw the thing how do yeah, you draw? i've got like or a kind of do, do, do oh, your room and a drawing desk here at home that i used to to draw at and when i'm when i'm doing comic pages i'll I work with pen and paper uh, it's like a i've been mainly using like a, a kurataki brush pen for my artwork for the last for the last wee while and before that i'd used like fine liners but i've always um worked for the line art been doing that like analog on pen and paper and then any coloring is done like on the computer um so yeah i prefer to, i definitely much prefer the tactile nature of uh working with pen and ink um on bristol board yeah okay that's fascinating yeah that's fascinating because like uh, most i think almost yeah just about every artist i've spoken to is working mm-hmm. digitally because it's it's just more convenient um like the the workflows the ability to kind of erase mistakes and stuff like that kind of like there is something very permanent about working yeah with pen and paper and ink it's kind of like it's more difficult to um deal with like not necessarily mistakes, yeah, you've got, you've got to of, know yeah, what you're you have to putting kind of down like, the paper um yeah you can't just like yeah well yeah. you've got to work it out in a sketchbook first before you before you start working on the actual page yeah um i don't know i, I kind of is that stressful because like, i've this is how i've always done it then um that's just how i do it uh, yeah yeah but although i did try and like i've tried to okay cool. like draw on my ipad and but i've done so i prefer I, i'm happy to do like coloring on the ipad but doing the actual artwork and uh, I, I struggled with it so um I think maybe it's because because you're okay. because you're able and to zoom in so much and then zoom out. I find that 
difficult to deal with whereas whereas i'm used to just having a page in front of me that doesn't change size and then <laughs> it's I, I do find it fascinating how different artists create um i've had artists that work on their ipad and some of them yeah i had one um one of my early guests he said i was sometimes if the weather's nice i'll take my ipad i'll go out to the park and sit underneath a tree and do my work there Mm -hmm. and then some people like sit in their bed and have like netflix on in the background and or music playing is there anything on in the background while you're working or is it silence or you know how does that how does that tend to work uh, yeah Yeah. I've, i've usually got something on it's usually either music or a podcast or something okay Cool. What, what um, type of music? What type of podcast? Uh, I find you, um, like with um, listening to for music. I quite like the instrumental music uh, for when I'm working because then there's like no words going around in your head. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of like atmospheric synth synth music. Well, synth music, kind of a tongue okay. around that one. Um, so like uh, like dungeon synth kind of music. Uh, it's got a bit of like fantasy atmosphere to it, even though that's not. The kind of like comics that I make, but it's, um, yeah, so that kind of like dungeon synth kind of music or instrumental music like Mogwai or Godspeed You Black Emperor or something. Um, it's so that so there's just some kind of like noise going on while I'm working rather than just like cars going past outside or, um, I don't, I find that like I can't really work with a film on because I'm always wanting to look at it. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, okay. I struggle with like just having a film on and not be, not watching it. Um, so yeah, I definitely like would have a bit of music and do some drawing. That okay, way. that's that's fascinating. Um, when you're choosing the music that you're drawing to, do you kind of like choose like something that's got a similar vibe to the page that you're drawing, or is that kind of like? Yeah, uh, it's not. I suppose that's not relevant. Really just I just listen to stuff that I like. Uh, it's not necessarily. Oh, this is a sad page. Okay. I'll put on uh, something that's sad. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I guess a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, kind of a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like let me get into this. Like, yeah, really, I, yeah. I get of, it. You want yeah, to like get into the emotional feeling. space of the page, um, but that's not really something that works for me. Yeah. Okay, that's that. That's great. Um, I'm just wary of the time. I want to ask you a couple more questions before. Cool. Um. I let you um let you go um so um yeah let me ask this kind of like semi well it's quite a big question um what does success look like for you <laughs> and you can take that however you however you want in terms of like wider life goals or just you know in terms of like your comic yeah, creating right I think process. Uh, I'll take the question in a have I made a good comic um way um, rather yeah. than monetary success way, which is uh, who knows what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but have I made a good comic? I think I've made a good comic if someone reads it and they've found that they've engaged with the characters, have felt something while they're reading it, whether it's um whether it's oh i was scared by this or i didn't like this or whether it's i really like this or i really love the characters or i really um 
enjoyed the story and in, I, I've, I suppose my why why I'm looking for when I'm creating a comic is that someone feels something when they've read it and it's what I look for when I'm reading someone else's work I want to have felt something when I was reading it um so yeah that's 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 my goals to to make people feel something okay just to get get an emotional reaction yeah um and yeah the last couple of questions is is there anything that you want to to plug um on the podcast i know you you mentioned mm-hmm. the submission window for uh for is there any kind of like uh crowdfunders comics any other projects that you want to um, um, put out there? i don't actually have any <laughs> i've got well i got like the um submissions for boxes which obviously like my big thing at the moment um i'm looking for i'm looking for um i suppose if people are interested in my work they can get um holly and old man gray are available on like the third bear press shop along with a bunch of other interesting comics as well so uh, if you wanted to pick up some of my work along with some cool US indie comics, then that would be and, great. And um, um, the last question I always ask at the end of these, um, well, the second to last question I always usually ask is, is there anything that I haven't asked or we haven't talked about that you'd like to, to discuss? Oh, good. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so. <laughs> so. Okay, cool. Um, can you tell everyone where they can uh, find you um, and Third Bear Press online uh, you know mm-hmm. social media twitter website all that good stuff sure they can find stuff about my work uh, my website is stephen ingram.art that's excuse me stephen with a v so stephen ingram.art and my social medias for that they're all at stephen ingram art on twitter instagram and facebook and for third bear press you can find out about that on thirdbearpress.com and the social medias for that are at thirdbearpress on twitter thank you so much for taking um time out of your day to um come on the pod um guys if you can please uh continue to support the podcast by leaving a rating or review wherever you found us there is a link to our tip jar in the episode description if you can drop a few coins there that helps uh keep the lights on um for us cole is continuing to do some fantastic work over on our youtube uh channel um in terms of they're not necessarily views but just kind of him highlighting uh books that he's read and why he enjoys the art in uh some of them um uh yeah that's it guys um if you've got any comments uh, that you want to send us uh, you can email us at seafoodpanel at gmail.com uh, Stephen let's say bye to everyone yeah, bye, bye. bye.